Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Knapsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Land. And we're here to talk about one of the best characters of all time in any franchise. That's right. Today, it's from Sheev to Sidious, which is the best book we've yet to get. Uh, Joseph, I guess I had from Justin to Kelly in my mind. When <laughs> oh, my I did. God. Yeah. You come up uh, with our titles there, and this is uh, some of your best work. Sir. <laughs> Thanks. I can't wait to go on this journey from Sheep to Sidious with both of you. <laughs> We're going to be diving into Palpatine. Hey, now's the time. I think it's always the time. He's an important character, but hey, you know, you might have heard he's going to be uh, in somehow, some way in a little motion picture coming out in December. <laughs> We're going to dive into that. Uh, and also our life adventure, Star Wars News and the Power of the Light Side segment 
return. So happy for this. Before we get to it, we're going to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. More later when we have our Force Center Recommends, a book we think you should try out on us. Uh, all right, team, we're, we're here. Um, wow. <laughs> Jennifer, I'm going to start with you. Oh, boy. <laughs> Life What's adventures? going on? We're all, uh, I know, I'm tired. Um, you know, nothing really exciting for May the 4th yeah. that I can think of. Uh, just a lot of talking about Star Wars with my daughter. It's so funny. We'll talk about the Galaxy's Edge reservations. Yeah. But she was like, yeah. out of the blue, she's like, I want to go to Star Wars land. uh, we are going we are going but i didn't want to like get her too excited because then every day she's going to ask are we going to star wars land i'm just imagining your young daughter like hold a newspaper with glasses and just looks down across the room i want to go to star wars land yeah uh how old is your daughter she's uh gonna be four in june four okay does she have like her own youtube show or how is she finding out about star wars that's a whole other thing i unfortunately let her watch a couple unboxing videos and now Mm. when she's playing with her play-doh she goes Hey, hey, everyone. I'm here today. No. I'm not, I kid you not. I was like, oh my gosh. And my husband was laughing hysterically. That's the best thing I've ever, hey guys. Yeah, yeah, the internet as imaginary friend. And that was when I was like, I'm never letting her watch those again. Although I may recruit her later on. Right, well, I mean, look, I started, I had a Fisher Price tape recorder and I was like seven or eight when I'd, I'd record shows. And really? At three, my dad and I, he'd pull out a microphone and I'd record things. So I don't know, uh, oh, Joseph, wow. when you started your recording career. Yeah. Yeah, no, I recorded one thing when I was a kid. I was like, I can't remember like when I found out the tape recorder could record just on like I think uh, impressions of Luke yelling at R two. Oh my god, R two, R two. So it makes sense, Jen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll wow. do a vlog from Star Wars Land. That's a great Star Wars uh, Star Wars Day adventure though to just chat with your daughter about Star Wars. Yeah, I'm really excited. She, I think I've talked about this before. She really wants to see Leia. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's going to be a tall order, um, but I think she'll be excited to see maybe the droids or uh, I don't know if we're going to build a lightsaber. It will just be fun to see mm-hmm. it through her eyes. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. We'll see. Outstanding. Star Wars Day it was, May 4th. We had the special show out there. Uh, Joseph and I were able to get together real quick uh, um, and, and celebrate it. But uh, Joseph, uh, did you do anything else for Star Wars Day? Yeah, uh, my wife and I uh, watched Empire Strikes Back, which is great. We were just on the same wavelength of that's the movie that felt right to watch. And mm. been a long time uh, since we'd sat and watched it together. Um, and I played Battlefront 2 for a while, which was great fun to celebrate Star Wars Day by you know, attacking other Star Wars fans <laughs> online, Wars but fans. that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> Not with discourse, right. but with fun video game competition. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah I wanted to play. Uh, it was it was by then Star Wars night, and I wanted to play uh, Dooku in his exquisite pajamas, which I got a chance to do, which was great. That's fitting. Uh, yeah, and then uh, it wasn't Star Wars Day, but it was the next day. Oh, I forgot. Uh, my mm-hmm. wife and I also recorded an episode of Obsessed my podcast specifically about her fandom, which was really fun for me because she is somebody who just grew up of like, yeah, Star Wars, it's a movie. I like it. Right, and right. what else What else do you need to do? Yeah, there's. I have some bed sheets. What, what do you want from me, world? <laughs> uh, and now we live in this world where we yeah. celebrate it so fully and she's become part of that world. So it was fun to have that uh, discussion from her point of view, from kind of a casual fan to full on, yes, yeah, yeah everything is about Star Wars. That's great. 
That's great. You guys, you guys are the best. Uh, 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 the obsessed Joseph and Sarah show uh, <laughs> spinoff is is great. It's if lovely. There, it's lovely. If you yeah. guys uh, if out there haven't listened, uh, check that out. Yeah, Star Wars Day for me. I mean, you know, what? The, the night before, uh, uh, Grace and I, she wanted to watch Solo. Nice. And, and it's it was because Peter Mayhew passed away, knowing full well she's aware he wasn't in, in the outfit there. But she just goes, you know, I just... That's I just love Chewie so much, and he's just front and center in that, and mm-hmm. I, I want to watch it. I think it's a testament to Jonas how he has really done a great job yeah. picking up that mantle. So we watched Solo. Uh, she was, wanted to watch the Ted Bundy movie. That got pushed off <laughs> for Star Wars. Uh, but Star Wars Day, you know, we, I, we didn't do anything. I, I had to do some work, uh, the, the crazy schmodown stuff. And then we met some friends, our friend Darina, we all know who's our, oh, our nice. live show. We went to uh, some bars in Hollywood, and we were across the street from Scum and Villainy. And we got there at 11 o'clock at night. It was me, Grace, and Mark Ellis, and we're walking up to go to the other bar, the Beetle House, which is the Tim Burton yeah. bar, right? Oh. It's great. Yeah. Yes. Never been there before. It's insane. Uh, have you ever so had the big, cool. giant blue drink that's nothing but sugar? Uh, no, I had, I think, my fourth martini of the night there, which only made the place more magical. Oh, absolutely. The night I was there. Highly recommended. But as we're walking up, I'm thinking, at 11 o'clock at night, I had this thought, like, hey, maybe we pop into Scum and Villainy. Star Wars Day. I know it's been open since 6 a.m. The line was still around the corner. Yeah. On on Hollywood. Yeah, it's insane. It's the perfect day for it. So that showed me that Star Wars is dead. And (laughs) we went across the street. So I didn't do much, but that's it for Life Adventures on on my end there. Uh, You know, there's news, Jennifer. There is. It, it's so. I still think we're in this weird. We we came down from Star, uh, Star Wars Celebration, but then some big stuffs popping up when you so least expect it. Huge stuff. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Very excited. Very surprising. Very surprising drop. Well, actually, in unsurprising news, Galaxy's Edge reservations sold out in two hours last Thursday. <laughs> I was one of those lucky people who got a reservation, and nice. I must say. The waiting process was actually pretty painless, um, even though I did have to stare at my computer for like an mm. hour. I literally stared at my computer mm. for an hour because nothing was happening. I could yeah. just see the little wheel occasionally uh. every minute refresh. The wheel wow. refresh. Yeah, so I had no idea when it would happen. Um, but there was some confusion amongst fans online about the system, but overall it went really smoothly. Now, if you didn't get tickets, you can still book a Disneyland Resort hotel room between May 31st and June 23rd, which is, will guarantee you a reservation to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So there's still hope. Um, I will let you guys know <laughs> how a blue milk <laughs> taste, so Ronto wrap. Yeah. I'm in. You're so in. with your Disney expertise, yeah. d- so this was the whole uh, 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 chance to get in er- basically at the beginning. Right. So June 23rd, it ends, right? Something like that? Yeah. And then in theory, it's just open. open. to the public. Do you think it's going to stay that way? Or do you think it's there's going to be so much demand that we're going to get close to June 23rd and they're going to go, actually, we're going to do another round of reservations? Mm, I think that they're going to do... What somebody hits, what I think I mentioned last week, which is like they're going to figure out how to crowd control it even before you get it. So we'll treat it more like an attraction and less mm. like a land. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, yeah. but the, as we talked about, how do you implement that? Do you give everyone like a Cheesecake Factory, like little beeper thingy? <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, if you find a lost one and return it, you get a free slice of cheesecake, <gasps> different podcast. No way. Um, I've done that twice in my life. It's oh. a proud accomplishment. Yeah, that, I, that makes sense to me what you're saying of like, it's not a land. Here's your fast pass for the ride, in essentially. In yeah. A way. Right. It's and it's going to be complicated, especially during the summer months, which is when Disneyland is so crazy. I mean, it gets a capacity like mm-hmm. within an hour of opening. Yeah. So. And now you have this major attraction. How are they going to control that? 
<laughs> I think the reservation system was actually a really smart idea. Yeah. I was really impressed. Right. Having gone through all the Comic-Con yeah. craziness over the years. Uh, they could have used a little ticker that might have helped so that oh, you knew yeah. like where you were in line. Because I kept seeing people on Twitter, they're like, just I just logged on and I just got tickets. I'm like, I've been on this site <laughs> for an hour. Like so It is like the hotels. Yeah. It kind of is. <laughs> Which so it was randomized, yeah. right? It was okay, seemed cool. randomized. False. Nice. But I saw a ton of people online. I'm sorry if you didn't get a reservation, <laughs> you listener. Uh, but I saw a ton <laughs> of people online that were very happy. And got reservations. This is why, like uh, Jennifer Landis, she's like, "I got him." I'm so sorry to those that didn't. Um, <laughs> you listener, which I, is great. I know because if I had not gotten in, I might be saying the system sucked. <laughs> I waited two hours and nothing happened. Yeah. So you know. I mean, it's like the, the you know the the uh, raffle or whatever was the drawings uh, for the con- uh, panels at the convention. Some people didn't get oh. in, and that, and I know I totally understand. It feels. You feel slighted. It's balancing yeah. the force. You know, it's not a uh, not strict order. Yeah, and it's not just open flowing chaos. It's yeah. somewhere in between. I'm so glad you got in. I'm so Thank glad you. uh, for yourself being uh, you know, just such a Disney aficionado. <laughs> and I, it's I didn't want to deal with even the minimal amount of stress that it might have yeah. been on Thursday morning. So I'm just really happy that uh, one of the Force Center crew gets in there early too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I don't. Uh, we know that the rides are not going to be, or I think only the Falcon ride is going to be operational. And you know, it'll be there might be some kinks that yeah. they still need to work sure. out. But I, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Looking forward to your report. Thank yeah. you. And your daughter's report. Oh, yeah. YouTube that's going to be... Hey, everybody. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. She also wanted to see a unicorn there, so she's going to be a little disappointed. <laughs> um, John Williams has done it again. StarWars.com shared a clip of the Star Wars Maestro's new symphonic suite for Galaxy's Edge. And true to form, it is majestic, sweeping, driving, and classic Star Wars. Did you guys listen to the score? Uh, yeah. I listened to a sample of yeah, it. Yeah, the little yeah. sample. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, like a 30-second sample. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Me too. It, I mean this in the most positive way. It sounded like a best of Star Wars from the 30-second mm. sample I heard, where it was like, yes, it's definitely new, but it's evoking all of these themes. While also sounding like a little bit like, eh, it's kind of casual yeah. background music <laughs> for walking around Galaxy's Edge with your yeah. Ronto Burger. Exactly. Yeah, and, 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 and I apologize if I've completely missed this. Is, this. is this going to be playing on a constant rotation in the park while you walk around? It sounds like Would it. make sense, especially the way you're describing it. Just. I mean, yeah, it, that, that was my knee-jerk yeah. reaction. I have no idea how That'd they're implementing great. it. Maybe it's the theme for the, in the Rise of the Resistance, maybe? A- anytime you buy a toy, it just starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, once you spend $100, they broadcast it into <laughs> you your can, mind. You could hear it. <laughs> Yeah, good question. Buy these special Disney pods to hear the song. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah, it's it is. That's a good best of. I was like, yeah, of course, this is Star Wars, and I can just picture it now. When you walk into that land, you hear that music, you smell the delicious. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, uh, Minox stew. Like it, <laughs> it's just going to be a really immersive experience. We hope. Now, May the 4th brought us some exciting news in the publishing world. StarWars.com revealed that there will be a journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, which is a series of books and comics connected to Episode 9. Lucasfilm is saying that it uh, this is going to be their biggest and boldest film tie-in program yet. There are a ton of new titles, but some of the highlights are the new Rebecca Rowanhorst novel, Resistance Reborn, which follows Poe Dameron, General Leia, Uh, Ray and Finn as they struggle to rebuild the Resistance after their defeat at the hands of the First Order in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Kevin Shinnick's YA novel, Force Collector, about a restless teenager that sets out to discover what connection his mysterious Force powers have to the fabled Jedi and what the Force has in store for him. 
a new Marvel comic miniseries called Allegiance, which takes place after the destruction of Starkiller Base and is about General Leia reaching out to her former allies, the Mon Calamari. Uh, There's also a lot of great books for kids. I saw, of course, a sticker book. There's a a magnetic uh, thing that you can do with the characters. I'm definitely going to pre-order that. Uh, And the book whose cover got everyone talking, The Art of the Rise of Skywalker, Mm. which features official behind-the-scenes concept production and post-production art for episode nine. Let's talk first about that art of a uh, book's cover, which it features Ray and Kylo Ren squaring off with their lightsabers. But Kylo is actually a reflection in a body of water while Ray is above him standing on the shore. What does this mean? I think it means everything and absolutely nothing. Exactly. I think it is thematic. <laughs> I think it, I think you, we've seen in these art of books where they they're, they're do these drawings to get to like, what's the soul of the idea? What's, you know, and I think that tells us something that is both really cool. And also like, yeah, it is about how these characters are bound together and how much of themselves do they see in one another mm. and who is on the right path, who, who is real and who is the reflection, all these kind of great ideas. And that conflict between them is inevitable that they can't get around it, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. I, and it's just, it's a really great, cool image. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't think it means, yep, Kylo is going to possess a lake <laughs> and his spirit <laughs> is going to fight with Ray on the shore. Like, I don't think it's <laughs> anything. That, that's my take on it. Um, I love that you gave the kingdom of heaven ending answer. <laughs> What's Jerusalem mean? Nothing. Everything. I uh, love that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kylo's going to pop out of a lake. That's what it means. No, I, 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 I want that hanging on a wall already. It's, it's so great. Yeah. And uh, what's uh, what's uh, Phil uh, Sostak? Uh, yes. Uh, great. Oh, I'm probably yeah. saying that wrong. Follow on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yes. many great insights. He, he's behind all these uh, books with his team and everything. And, and I just, I can't wait for this one already. And it's cool because, you know, I don't want to see it till after the movie. And I, I don't think yeah. it even comes out till after the movie, right? If, if I remember. It's like, like so. I think, like, day of. I think it's. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. You could probably buy it in the Arclight gift shop. Oh, yeah. I hope oh, so, yeah. and I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, yes. I love these. These are some of my favorite Random things. strangers sign it just to feel excited. Uh, I was so excited about this. Uh, I alarmed uh, my wife because I wasn't expecting this news, and I just was, I yelped mm. uh, that, A, that this dropped, and also, like, this is so meaningful to me because it's, it is either that, yes, Rise of the Skywalker has quite a big time leap mm-hmm. so that there's plenty of room to tell these stories and they don't really impact anything and or they're really clear on like emotionally narratively where are these characters going in because that's where they have kind of struggled before where the movie is not locked in force awakens had all sorts of the rise or, or the journey to force awakens was stumbly because oh it turns out we entirely cut sarcoplank <laughs> and constable zuvio and they were just background mentions <laughs> in the journey to last Jedi, I got into a little bit more substantive, yeah. like how the galaxy might see Luke as a legend. Uh, but they changed a lot on how they're approaching Holdo. So there's a little bit of disconnect between young Holdo and mm-hmm. the Holdo we see in last Jedi. So right. the fact that they're doing substantive canon storytelling about the adventures of the main characters is brand new and extremely exciting to me. That's mm-hmm. absolutely what got me excited to hear that uh, we got General A, we got Poe. And, and the first one is a, uh, I'll say that regular novel, it's right? It's a regular it's not novel. Adult, adult, it's adult, adult novel. Uh, you yeah, know, exactly. uh, that's huge. Kids, you're not allowed. Um, <laughs> that is that is really big. You're yeah. so right. Yeah. We got these weird, a flea on Luke's head. We got, which, <laughs> yeah. you know, and Ken Lu wrote some great stories in there. But yeah, 
I'm really excited about that. And what you you just made me think, Joseph, like I know we've heard Boyega said, hey, it's about a year. I got the sense at the panel that it might not, that Boyega either doesn't know he's joking around or that's not just not the case, that yeah. there could be some time. Mm. Yeah. Which, a lot of adventures. To Absolutely. Um, and I think a, a really interesting thing, a couple of interesting things, uh, and then I will shut up, but I'm really excited about no, no. this. Um, I think one book that people should not sleep on because it's lower on the list is the spark of resistance, oh. which is in that same line as the, uh, the Han, Leia and Luke books and the before the awakening, all of which have had juicy mm-hmm. canon stuff in them that, that have been like flavorful and also just really, uh, great, uh, stuff about the characters that mm-hmm. weapon of a Jedi Luke book is great. Oh, it really yeah. sets him on his journey in the original trilogy and the before the awakening with the story of Ray Finn and Poe, really sets up the characters well. So I think that Spark of Resistance one is, is also one that people should really be watching out for if you're kind of a canon junkie. Canon junkie, yeah. Mm. I love that. Uh, I, I, yeah. yeah, no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. My no. Last thing was a, a really fun thing. Matt Martin tweeted that these books were developed really in concert with the storytelling of Galaxy's Edge mm. and kind of combined with some of the, uh, the supporting materials for Galaxy's Edge in these books. It's kind of around the same time in about a year in mm. Star Wars world, in that when it gets closer, if people remind him, he'll give like a timeline and kind of oh, show how they okay. all connect together. So that really supports wow. that this is intricate, planned storytelling about a big chunk of time in the resistance uh, mm. between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. That's great. That's great. Uh, I read the uh, off off topic a little bit. I read that first issue of the Galaxy's Edge comic, mm-hmm. which was which was good. But it's it's uh, they reference there's literally a vendor that comes out and goes, you want Ronto wraps? <laughs> and, stuff. And, it, and it was jarred at first, uh, uh, cheeky once yeah. you get used oh to it. Wow. Yes. So maybe yeah. that will be in these books as well. Yeah. Wow. Poe said, let me have a yeah. blue milk latte, please. Uh, well, yeah, in that Force Collector book. Uh, the, that's the one. That, yeah, that yes. is really saying like, yep, this is the way the galaxy has always worked. Doesn't matter what's if there's a Jedi school or not. People are born force sensitive and mm-hmm. maybe they're aware of it. Maybe they aren't. But that really uh, intrigues me about that storytelling. You don't yes. sign up for an elective course. Uh, develop yep. my force powers. Yep. <laughs> you, have you get that later. Yeah, that one's really interesting. I know the going around searching, you know, I, I, I love that stuff. I wish we do wish we had more of Lor Senteca and Luke going around or even Palpatine collecting his stuff. Yeah. And maybe that will factor in a little bit. Who knows? But I, I love that idea of just like, hmm, I got this. What, how does that plug in? Let me go yeah. find some stuff. What is this about? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, in terribly sad news, Peter Mayhew passed away at the age of 74 last week. Peter turned a giant walking carpet into a beloved character that generations of fans fell in love with. As his family shared on Twitter, Peter put his heart and soul into the role of Chewbacca, and it showed in every frame of the films. He is survived by his wife, Angie, and three children. There will be a memorial service for family and friends on June 29th, and in early December in Los Angeles, there will be a memorial for fans set up with his family in attendance, personal effects, and uh, I guess his personal collection at EmpireCon LA. Was he at Celebration this year? I believe he yes, he was. He yeah. was, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. It seemed it did seem so sudden, but we did know that he had not been well in recent years. Yeah. So yeah, it was really it was really a, a shock. Mm. Um it's yeah, really a shock. Yeah, we were fortunate enough, uh, Joseph and I were able to get together kind of quick and put together a Star Wars ranked on our favorite moments. But, uh, you know, what else could we add to that? That we are I mean, we already gushed over his performance, yeah. but what he meant, the yeah. legacy of him. I, well, you know, 
I got to, like I said, watch Empire again with my wife, and I think that, that there's a lot of really great chewy moments in that. And I think the thing that I was reflecting on about his performance while I was watching that is just how much uh, he communicated uh, that feeling of being everyone's friend. Like, right. Chewbacca, I've never heard a word of snark about Chewbacca. Yeah. Like, just that, that uh, communicating that feeling of comfort, when you have a loyal friend who is there with you and that that's what Peter Mayhew, I think was like in life. And that's what he gave to Chewbacca and will continue to be Chewbacca. Mm, absolutely. He was, he was chewy, Jen. Yeah. You know, it really, it's so interesting because I think about the behind the scenes stuff and you think about the Ewoks and how uh, Warwick Davis talks about giving the character, um, the personality of a dog. What I think was so interesting about Peter Mayhew is that he really gave, Chewy. I mean, which you look at the the concept art, you look at the the mass that Stuart Freeborn was making, and you're like, how is this gonna work? <laughs> is this gonna be taken seriously? And he gave it humanity, and he gave it he gave the character um, not just a personality, but like dignity. Yes, and and it made that character feel so real and not a joke at all. And I just think of that behind the scenes moment. I can't remember was it Empire. Or, or a new hope where he's like you you hear Peter Mayhew's actual voice mm. yelling yes. at Han and he's like what are you doing <laughs> Get and, back here. <laughs> right? and I was like that's why Chewie feels so real yeah. because he Peter Mayhew was an actor he was real and not just like physically but just like also emotionally yeah. giving these great performances so clear when you watch the movies for Chewie that Peter Mayhew and the various directors and his scene partners decided exactly what Chewie is feeling and you watch all those movements and you can really intuit what mm. Chewie is thinking and feeling. It's not just ambiguous roar because that's how Chewie responds to everything. Right. Like, you know, every roar, every head uh, tilt is different. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's all in the eyes. We, we kept saying that the Star Wars ranked in so many moments to choose from and other people, some people were tweeting on about the, the hug of Luke and Empire. Yeah, is a big so one. great. Um, yeah, it, it, it's absolutely sad. It, it, it speaks, though, to the continuing uh, growth of Star Wars. We, we are going to, you know, uh, no one is ever really gone, but we have to say goodbye at some point and, and, and I think it's powerful and I'm, I'm, I feel very fortunate as a fan that Peter got to pass it on to another performer who yes. takes treats it with that respect. Yeah, you absolutely. you watch all the behind the scenes stuff. He he knows he's not just yeah I'm I'm, I'm the Wookie. He's like I am Chewbacca now and what that means and and uh, and and that, that's comforting to me as a fan at least. Yeah, definitely. So that was the news for this week. Thank you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Peter Mayhew, thank you, Jennifer, for taking us through the Star Wars news. Before we get into the main topic, we want to recommend an audio book for you, though. And Joseph, we got a good one this week. That is right. We are recommending Lords of the Sith by Paul Escap. Uh, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash force center. I just started reading. You normally said that. No, but I, just, I think I, But I just started saying it. I my guess voice. I'm just getting in the mood of the emperor of like, mine, <laughs> unlimited plugs. You don't need uh, my voice for this. <laughs> Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. I love that. You know, we're going to dive in here from Sheev to Sidious. <laughs> the other day, TBS uh, was playing the Star Wars pictures. I had just had it on while I was trying to clean up the house a little bit, and I turned the corner. Just as he was saying, do it. Like, oh, that is awesome. Did you feel like Palpatine was telling you to <laughs> yes. keep cleaning your house? Keep cleaning. <laughs> You're doing good. Uh, Joseph, we're diving in. Take us through Sheev the Sidious. Yeah. So obviously Sheev Palpatine slash Darth Sidious is returning in episode nine. So it seemed like we should dive into the character in a way that we never have before. I want to start by just going back to the beginning for both of you, Jennifer and Ken. What, what did you think of the Emperor when you first saw Return of the Jedi, you're both kind of Return of the Jedi kids where that mm-hmm. defined a lot of your fandom, uh, different parts of it for both of you. But how did you feel about not Sidious, not Palpatine back then, but just the <laughs> Emperor? Jennifer? Oh, God, he was terrifying. <laughs> he was terrifying. I mean, I just, 
I never liked him. I never appreciated the character. I just was like, let's get this bad guy out of here. Throw him down the shaft already. Yeah, he's scary. Yeah. Very scary. Okay, so in that way, though, successful, right? Yeah. Because at, at this yeah, point, he right, just yeah. is like the big bad that you want kids to boo. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Ken, how did you feel? Uh, same thing. Uh, now, the Rancor monster terrified me. Oh. I, you know, I'm a kid who's still kind of scared of large margin Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So the Rancor got to me. But the Emperor got me. His death got to me. Which goes back to some earlier conversations we've had about you know, the hauntings or him being in that second desert. I, like, yeah. I just assumed, like, why did the, his ghost explode? Like, I was really scared. <laughs> And the makeup is terrifying. It, it Later on, the appreciation came in. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Frank Oz's uh, uh, remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I'm obviously a big Steve Martin fan. And he's in that, you know, as the butler. And he leans over. There's a part. He leans over at one point, and he, and he says to Steve Martin, welcome to hell. <laughs> and as a youngster, I remember, you know, I, also, I was like, wait a minute. Is that? I think that's the emperor. Because, you know, you don't look at cast lists yeah. or anything. And I was right. like, wait, what, what? And I just like, it was, it freaked me out in the best way. And ever since I've just kind of been fascinated with McDermott as a performer and the emperor as a character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean McDermott is amazing. I think when I was a, a kid, I, I think that I felt he was scary and he was a bad guy. And I wanted uh, Luke uh, and, and Vader to defeat him. Uh, but I think I was always just struck by what I love about the character, just kind of like, the weirdness mm. uh, and a little bit of like kind of over the top fantasy uh, villain, uh, like evil sorcerer, like a, from all of the different kind of ideas that Star Wars uh, plays with. It feels like he's almost a little bit more plucked from fantasy, yeah. at least especially mm. uh, in Return of the Jedi of like a wizard in a dark robe. It's like it's like. This this guy is gonna shoot lightning out of his hand, but then he is gonna go poison an apple. Like yeah, that kind of like oh, weird yeah. evil oh, hunch, yeah. and yeah. kind of like uh, for all of the weirdness and uniqueness of Star Wars, there's some there's something about him that's back to basics of sort of like what's the Emperor yeah. gonna look like? Is he gonna be a giant frog with five arms and you know swords for legs? Like no, yeah. he's a he's a wizened old crone man, yeah. you know. That is so true. Like a wizard. Yeah. Yeah, Like a dark wizard. I remember being struck by that of like, Mm -hmm. even as a kid going like, should he have been weirder? Hmm. Like, like Jabba the Hutt was such a like, whoa, that's Jabba the Hutt. Right. Right. You know, back in the day. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, as we were growing up with these movies, if you were alive when they were being released, and he was a little bit more like, yeah, that's a that's an evil emperor, all right. <laughs> yeah, even it's, it, it, it's a great point because when you when you know he's casually mentioned in New Hope, and then he pops up Clive Owen uh, doing the voice and uh, Clive Rebel, uh, Clive Rebel, <laughs> Clive, <laughs> Clive Owen would have been a, quite a different would have been, choice. Yeah, Clive Rebel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Only emperor, um, son of Skywalker. <laughs> um, you know that's that's a big reveal. That I wonder. I wonder now. I, well, we always do the if there were podcasts, then like mm. would people have been happy or been like it's too simple? It's just an old guy in a robe. And yeah. I, I think it's. I think the simplicity is is the is the big appeal for yeah me. yeah. And we did see his, his his hooded figure in yeah. in Empire, but there still was a little bit of ambiguity of like, well, what's what? underneath the yeah. robe and what's going on with those eyes? With what the weird, color is it? Gold? We yeah. don't know. <laughs> is, it, is it a gold robe? Yeah. Uh, and I think, I don't think I would have been able to articulate this when I was a kid, but I think there was something about him that was the scary parental authority figure mm. of the person who always knows more than you do, especially since it was Star Wars, the original trilogy was such a story of Luke as the young person mm. growing up into this adult's world and trying to deal with 
the adult problems, even though he's just kind of coming of age. Yeah. And here's this really old ultimate adult telling Luke he doesn't know anything. Mm. Yeah. And I think that was powerful to me as a kid. <laughs> what are you going to do with your life? <laughs> you don't have good plans. <laughs> what are you going to do after college? What about your loans? Uh, so th- that's a little bit look back on where we started. Let's talk about where we are now. How do we feel about the character now? We have all the complexity of the prequels, the Clone Wars animated series, appearances in novels and comics. We have a, a, an introduction to the idea of Sheev Palpatine as a uh, politician and as kind of a mask. And we know more, we have the Emperor, a bigger picture of the Emperor as a Sith, mm-hmm. as Darth Sidious, whereas back in the day he was the Emperor of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, you know. Right. Not the, a, not, you know, King of the Sith. King of the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I love where we're at now. He absolutely has become one of my favorite uh, characters. Com- complexity is right. There's a lot of little things there and a lot of fun things to watch. Again, I love McDermott, but even in The Clone Wars when he's voiced by others, uh, Ian Abercrombie, Sam Witwer, and, and uh, Tim Curry for a while, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, um, wow. I think it comes out great. One of my favorite little moments is uh, a lot of the stuff with Padme and Mina Bonteri and all the stuff. And like, he just has this real quiet moment as Sheev Palpatine, the Chancellor, just like, Padme's trouble like just just like there's a a paraphrase of course but just uh, so I love uh, how it's played both as the the politician who's good at the uh, good at the game uh, and trying to stay ahead of it and control it and then just the dark evil I've just grown to really love this character yeah Jennifer how do you feel now now I really enjoy the character it's really fun to watch Ian McDermott do his thing in the prequels that really for me (laughs) (laughs) you know it just gave the character so much more depth uh, so that it was more, I mean, he, it's always, he's always been a quintessential villain, right? But yeah. now we really, getting to see him just chew the scenery, as we would say, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just mm-hmm. manipulating people and conniving. It's like, well, yeah, of course he turns into the person that we see later on. Cause that's just who he is at his core. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it also, it also, I like seeing, uh, I like seeing real life, real life villains, you know, mm-hmm. not just this scary prune face in, in this robe, mm-hmm. you know, that real life villains look like this very charming man yeah. who will want to manipulate you. <laughs> right. Yeah, he sounds like he's your friendly uncle who's always just like, yeah. oh, that's too bad. If only you could do this thing that's clearly awful. Right. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah, he plays it so well. Uh, Jennifer, I think you were touching on what I really like big picture about this character is that Star Wars is uh, a fantasy about mm-hmm. good and evil and you can like just pull back and go this is a simple tale of good and evil um for for 12 year olds but uh, like with the prequels and what george lucas really wanted to do is dive into like yeah but it's also commenting on the real world mm-hmm. and i feel like you can take or leave with palpatine but he is the dark sorcerer evil wizard who is just evil incarnate in this big fantasy magic way but also his story that you follow through the prequels and that they really dive into in the Clone Wars animated series is he is the face of real world evil. Right. He is the face of how do you lie to people? How do you manipulate people? And also just how do you literally control things right. is, well, you create scenarios in which you control courts, you control banks. That I love that Scipio arc mm-hmm. where it's he, he controls all of the institutions of power so he can't be questioned and like Mace Windu, like I can't, we can't take him to the yep. courts. Yep. Oh, so he crazy. successfully maneuvers people into that place where they have to give up their own morals or their own belief in how society functions because they have 
corrupted how society functions. I love that he is both of these things of like a cackling scenery chewing mm-hmm. wizard and a really great beat by beat depiction of how society fails. Exactly. Oh, well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what supports him to the point where you can like really be frightened and amused by do it. Yeah. As a mm-hmm. fan in the same moment, because mm-hmm. he represents both sides of this star Wars coin. Absolutely. I think that's the, one of the big things of the prequels is it, it just starts to build, build this guy up. Because you going back to the Star Wars novel, you read, you know, New Hope and like uh, Senator Palpatine, Chancellor Palpatine, he, he put himself, the story's a little different, you know, he, yeah. he surrounded himself with bootlickers and everything. And it's like, well, how, how did that happen? Forget the Sith stuff. You know, he's in this black robe sitting there just ruling the galaxy. And it's so real. And I think, I think George did that so well, particularly in Phantom Menace. Yeah. You see it really happen. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about some favorite moments. So uh, I want to separate them out of some favorite Senator, Chancellor Palpatine mm-hmm. moments in and then we'll talk about favorite uh, Sidious Emperor moments. So starting with his Senator Chancellor Palpatine type character, because yeah. there is a divide, I think. Uh, Ken, what are some of your favorite moments? I, I love Senator Palpatine whispering in, in Amidala's ears. Into yeah. the bureaucrats. What I like about it is is you, 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 it's, it's realistic, it's real. And, and again, not that he's right or has a point, but you're like, you know, Amidala's like, yeah, 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 I'm watching it happen. They're whispering into Valorum's ears, and he's you know not wrong about Valorum. So you see his manipulation in 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 action. Yeah. He's throwing a chaos bomb into the boom, and and it is uh, that chaos is a ladder theory, and, and and I just love that. And then I love the moments, the one on one stuff with Amidala later. It's one of my favorite Padme moments, but it works for him as well. Where I think she she's one step ahead of him. I'm going back to Naboo, and he's kind of like, ooh, wait, because he had said, <laughs> you know, controlling her will be be easy. You know, yeah, she's, she's young, young and, and naive. naive. Yeah, um, and he can't. But then he's one step. All right, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. I kind of wanted you to leave anyways. Like it's good. I just love watching him work in that way. Yeah, as a senator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jennifer? Yeah, I love my favorite scene with him is the opera scene uh, Mm -hmm. as Palpatine because what he starts off with, he actually makes a lot of sense and he's actually like good as a point of view and you know well the jedi are not so great either and like the the seeds that he's planting it's like oh gosh well i can kind of see his point Mm -hmm. of view even though it's bad and then when he starts to really manipulate the conversation and he goes in for the kill at the Mm -hmm. end yeah with the dark plague it's it's just it's just a fantastic scene to watch uh story-wise acting-wise character-wise and uh it's it's so much yeah i mean i think that is uh i love that scene for a hundred reasons but it's also because like that's i think the 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 scene where he is the most combined of all of his faces right yeah he's absolutely supreme chancellor palpatine sitting at a you know respectable galaxy's opera house but everything he's saying is the manipulation of sidious even to the point where he is letting a little bit of his darkness show where he seems to be like almost uh, uh enjoying the memory of if he is indeed, mm, mm. if Darth Plagueis was indeed his master and he killed him in his sleep, he's, he seems to be almost enjoying reliving that and he's just starting to get a little bit of that, oh, ha, evil, I love it. He like, slips kind into of vibe, that. Yeah, yeah, that, that voice amazing. and that face, uh-huh. you know, there's so much going on there. And I think what both of you are talking about is that a little bit of that spoonful of truth. Of yeah. Like maybe an observation about the way something is, but his conclusion as to how one should react to it or why it is, is so self-serving and so awful like to point out like the jedi have really fallen or like there's some cracks in the galactic republic like great that's true 
but it's not like yeah he's well it's he just has a point of view like yeah, no yeah. he's pointing to like a truth and then coming to these and so we should of course go behind the scenes and slaughter everyone is like <laughs> right. yeah that's not yeah. that's not the answer to this uh, truthful observation you have yeah absolutely uh, yeah, uh, favorite moments I could I could go on all day, but sure. just to pick out a couple, I, I always love that line from Phantom Menace of you could call for a vote of no oh, confidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's perfectly on the mm-hmm. line of uh, manipulation and being a little bit uh, over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I just, I love his uh, delivery on the on when he does get uh, the emergency powers mm-hmm. and says, I love democracy. <laughs> I love the Republic. It is just so it's pitch perfect for that kind of politics that you look yeah. at and you, it, you look at it in a movie and go, how could anyone fall? <laughs> and then you look at uh, many different politicians uh, on the news and like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly <laughs> the kind of things that people say. And they do not mean it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's so great. All right. Let's dive into Sidious Emperor moments. Mm-hmm. Ken, do you have favorites in that ballpark? I mean, every line in the throne room scene <laughs> of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I mean, we grew up and and I love that it's it is uh, you know more you know, over the top and unlimited in, in especially Revenge of the Sith. But I I mean, has just when he shoots back to Luke, your faith in your friends is yours. Like, oh, it just yeah. that's my favorite. Might be my single favorite moment in line delivery. Yeah, it's like it, for such a master planner, it's it's defensive. It's defensive. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's 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 a little crack in the armor, um, and and enough to throw back and look. Luke's right. You overconfidence your weakness. I think that's in the end what pulls him down. Right. Yeah. He, so confident that he had Vader in the palm of his hand. Right. Um, but just the faith in your friends is yours. Like. Oh, Ow! <laughs> you think you have some insights? Yeah. How about this? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, and Luke's got—he's got to believe him at that moment because it's not going well. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. Jennifer, how about you? Do you have favorite uh, Emperor or Sidious moments? That, I mean, that's the scene. That that yeah. scene has so many quotable lines. It's just—it's pretty incredible how it's mm-hmm. permeated our uh, pop culture. Um, but I remember watching it as a kid and just being really scared by it and thinking how. How is Luke going to get out of this situation? Yeah. This is bad because he is just, again, you know, this quintessential pulpy villain Mm -hmm. over the top. And it's like, I don't know. He's going to need his friends to rescue him or something because he's, yeah, he's a Jedi, but this guy, this Mm -hmm. is a big bad boss. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. I think that whole scene does give that sense that I was talking about earlier with the parental figure of like. Luke, you've grown a lot, but you don't know the whole big picture, and this guy represents the big picture exactly. of how kind of powerful the evil and the problem is. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I I love uh, that whole scene. I really love the change up in delivery on quite operational when you're friends. <laughs> it's just oh, it's yeah, like right. <laughs> oh, it's like so Ian McDermott much. just like I've been I'm, I'm I've got like 31 flavors of being yeah. a hole to Luke, but <laughs> right. here's here's a new one. That delivery is so mocking. So I mean, even if you know, so be it, Jedi. So be it, Jedi. Oh. Yeah, and that's a different face of like the okay. Uh, any games or masks are gone. Yeah, just like I hate Jedi. I hate what they represent. If you're going to oh, be a yeah. Jedi, that's how this is going to go. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and there's obviously a ton of the in the prequels, but yeah, for know. the prequels, the I will make it legal will always be close to my heart. Of course, yeah. our beloved do it. And then the the last one that I wanted to mention is. The beginning of his confrontation with Yoda in particular, the mm. my little green friend, mm. <laughs> and the delight that that it gets gift all the time, but we can kind of throws his hands up and oh, it's just the- sort of delighted. <laughs> of you know, it, you, you look at an evil character, especially an evil over the top character, and go like, well, 
do people find joy in evil? Like right. <laughs> that scene, the answer is yes. yes. He's been waiting for this for so, <laughs> so long. And it's almost like a relief and a joy to like, ah, oh, finally yeah. I get to just attack this guy instead of manipulate him. Mm-hmm. You know? I've had to sit across with him for years <laughs> at dinners. Pull his dumb little strings, yeah. you know, buy him presents on his birthday. <laughs> but All now... Yeah, and, and one, one, one. I'll say I love, I do love in in the set uh, in Sith with the uh, henceforth. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, that whole scene too about how all those gross animal noises and how excited yeah. he is. Oh, so evil. Yeah. Anyway, that could be the whole podcast. Yes, so really. Listeners, just quotes. feel free to hit us up uh, with your favorite line, and I will agree with everyone. Yeah, I love all of them. Uh, but let's move on to some uh, bigger picture stuff. So Sidious is is clear about his motivations. Lucas made it. Uh, sure that we all knew that what he wants is unlimited power. He made it clear by making Ian McDermott scream it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ian McDermott gave a great interview about like, George just kept saying like, no, I need that bigger, no bigger. <laughs> yeah. And Ian McDermott was like, all oh. right. Uh, I don't know if that's a good idea, but okay, George. So no ambiguity. He wants unlimited power. But what does that mean to you when you're looking at the story of Star Wars and the character of Sidious? What does that mean? I think for me it means everything that you mentioned earlier about the power, the politics, and also his his pursuits of, of the, the unnatural. Yeah. Uh, cheating death, cheating life. He is wants everything that, that is there is to take, uh, which, you know, it's the downfall. It's, 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 we know that that's what Sith crave. Uh, yeah. Dooku craves it too. And uh, not good, not bad, just wants power. And I just, he literally wants it all. And that is him owning that pursuit in that moment for me. Yeah. It's, it, I, I'm glad it's, I, yeah, I've, I've laughed and, and joked and with about it too. It is, it's completely silly in a wonderful, wonderful way. Cause that is his, that is the everything out. This is what I want. Yeah. It's like if he was moment. a nonprofit organization, that would be his mission statement. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, ju- it's just honestly what he and the Sith are. Palpatine yeah. 503C <laughs> power, unlimited power. <gasps> Jennifer, how about you? How does that resonate with you? That, that's it. to me it's like such a raw moment when he, it's like once once Anakin does what he does it's like yes uh, like I have the power by the power of Grayskull yeah. uh, but it really is like he now feels he is unstoppable and that he can control anything he can he can do anything and he is the master of the universe yeah I mean yeah I think but I think it specifically is from that moment with Anakin when Anakin you know, mm. kills uh, Mace. And so it's just him just kind of consuming that dark energy and just taking it to become this all-being all scary monster. Yeah, reeling Anakin in and getting him to to chop Mace's arm off is like yes. that moment where like, okay, it, it worked. Because yes. it does seem like Palpatine every once in a while is, is like, mm. well, Padme didn't do that, but so I'll do this mm-hmm. thing. Right. And, and that is the moment where it, it locks in. Right, yeah. he didn't kill him. Either, yeah. Sorry. Uh, oh, no. Uh, he really, uh, <laughs> big assist on the killing I mean, of Mace there. You yeah. know, yeah. 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 It was like a layup. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's totally the moment where that unlocks. And I just, I love it being stated so baldly mm-hmm. and bizarrely because it makes it clear that I think Lucas's storytelling is the Sith are bad. They bad. are selfish. And Palpatine doesn't have a, like, from my perspective, I'm the hero. I think, yeah. like, some bad guys do in more. Sure in different kinds of storytelling. I think this is like, uh, he understands the goal of the Sith. If mm-hmm. I, I want to conquer this entire galaxy and then I want to find out what's in the unknown regions. And then I really hope there's another 
part of yeah. reality that I've never heard of because I want to go there. And just like that's such a great motivation for a villain because otherwise it's just sort of like, great, you took over the galaxy. Now you just mostly have logistical problems. <laughs> now you just kind of have yeah. a pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, you could just run around and kill people, but instead you want to give yourself logistical. Yeah. But it's because of that because I just, I want to have this feeling of anything that exists is mine. Yeah. It's just like the ultimate selfishness. Absolutely. If it exists, mm-hmm. it belongs to me. And I love that it's expanded beyond just controlling the galaxy in, in this kind of way, just the pursuit of all these, you know, the, the history of the Sith, the Jedi and other lands, other worlds. I, I probably didn't initially take to that as much as, as I as I do now. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, I remember I had the contingency plan that was a little weird for me at first. Like, what? Well, he's off looking for something else. And it's like, oh, wait, yeah. Of course, because he's not done. Yeah, because it's about like un- endless hunger that yeah. can never be satisfied. There's no finish Give me line. more, more, more. Yep. Yeah, unlimited yep. power. It's like me at all, Garden. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> unlimited breadsticks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you like, uh, uh, friends, the idea that Sidious is responsible uh, for influencing the midichlorians to create Anakin? Do you want that to be true? And if it's true, what does that mean for the story? I've gone back and forth back from the, the, the moment we learned it or, or it was hinted in Sith, right? You know? Yeah. And again, I, I have read the James Lucino uh, Plagueis novel. Uh, it's uh, been uh, a while, so I apologize if I missed some of the details in there. But uh, I, 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 I like it sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, eh, well, maybe the, you know, the whole him, is, is he Anakin's father in a way? I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily love that, yeah. but I do... Love that there would be some byproduct of his pursuits that he was like, oh, well, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to follow up. Where is that kid? Yeah. How do you <laughs> feel about it, Jennifer? I don't like it. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm not quite sure why, except that then I start to like go down the rest of the saga and like try and go, well, well, well you know, uh, it just gets so complicated for me that I, I don't like it. And I also don't like the idea that, I mean, Anakin's such a sweet little kid. Yeah, I don't like that this evil man would make this sweet little kid who then turns into a monster. But you right. know. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I just sort of on some level accept it. I think there's something about those lines in Revenge of the Sith. There is nothing explicit about them, and yet mm-hmm. everybody, just almost everybody, I should say, I feel like had this natural intuitive sense that mm-hmm. that's what he said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we have a character in Anakin who was created mysteriously. There was no father just you know had him raised him uh and then a character says oh i'll uh, i know somebody who could just create life it's not that much to to put two and two together yeah there's something about just i'm fascinated in culture when there's storytelling that people respond to intuitively Mm. Mm -hmm. and have to have everybody kind of react to like oh i think that's what's being said yeah it's kind of a powerful intuitive leap uh in terms of how uh storytellers react with their audience and audience reacts with their storytellers. Right. And I, yeah, and I, yeah. And I, I, I love that. It just was like a moment where you're like, Oh, all right. And not like, here was our plan. We <laughs> did this, and it, you know, and, I, yeah. and we can make jokes about that now and everything. You know, I don't want a Wikipedia entry and everything. So I, and I kind of like that. I don't yet, or maybe we'll never get the true answer. Yeah. Uh, that not. comic, that comic. And I love that. I think, uh, both Pablo and Matt Martin, a lot of people tweeted out when that, that issue with the Vader comic came out. They're like, hey, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, an Anakin answer. is going through yeah. what he knows, and yeah. he knows he was told this by Palpatine, and it might have been a manipulation. So it's in the back of Anakin's mind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where I came from. Was it manipulations yeah. of the Sith? Was it yeah. Sidious? And even in that in that moment in that panel, uh, you know, Obi Wan saying it too. 
Yeah. I'm your father. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. nothing concrete. The things I do like about it is in, it does create the generational father story themes. Right. Uh, and I do like the idea that with all of Palpatine's manipulations, he did create his own destruction yeah. <laughs> by creating Anakin ultimately, if he did. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of a quick one. How, how do you interpret what happens to his face in Revenge of the Sith? Because they, we've got the Force lightning, but then we have that mumbled soda, can't, can't, can't hold it. Uh, <laughs> oh and it does, gosh. along with what you were saying, Jennifer, of unlimited powers, like, hey, I'm free, it almost feels like he just let the evil out, right? Yeah. Uh, so how do you guys, which way do you guys interpret that? Do you like it as lightning, mm. actual lightning scars, unlimited evil coming out, or a mixture of both? <laughs> I, it's a mixture of, of both, uh, all of it. I, I, I remember thinking... All right, so did he, because he had to have known, I don't know, I, I, you know, it's in the heat of battle. I know he's always one step ahead and trying to, like, I, I always think he was playing possum a little bit with Mace, but if you got the, uh, the lightning and it's shooting back at you, you, you might know what's going to happen, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so did he want that to happen? Is it, um, is it Mark Wahlberg from, what's that movie, Fear, where he's punching himself so he can make it look like he's a victim? Is he like, I, <laughs> I want to be scarred and destroyed so it makes my case to the Republic yeah. more realistic and more real and believable? Um, at the same time, I think he's like, all right, this is great. I had the robe already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm my true self, you know. Yeah. Like I, so I've always wrestled with that. It was, it's a fat. That's a. I love that question because even in 2005, I was like, what did he do that for? Yeah, what is that about? What, they, what do he want? Yeah. How do you interpret it, Jennifer? I think it's a mixture of both, but I like the idea that it's, it is revealing his true form. That the force lightning is like that in, that invisible ink, you know, when you put it on a piece of paper and you all of a sudden the new, the image is revealed, the sparkles. In the case of my daughter, and so the the lightning it reveals his true evil self. Yeah, that is has always been existing within. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I really I feel like that little mumbled can't can't hold it is there for a reason. Yeah. And we know he's been masquerading and, and kind of holding his real self back in front of the Jedi in the world forever. There's something about uh, the truth of that storytelling of he's evil. Look, look what his actions did to his teeth. <laughs> like uh-huh. That's who he is. Teeth are big. <laughs> look what he did to Luke's teeth in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Uh- Exactly. Uh, all right. So moving along, there is that uh, uh, moment in Revenge of the Sith where Sidious kind of gently touches Anakin on Mustafar. Do you think Sidious is capable of caring about Anakin on any level? It's such a weird and interesting shot to me because it's about the only thing that you could even make an argument for tenderness. Mm. Ken, how do you feel about that? I Yeah, this, this is a great question because it, it's I think we we... Going back to 2005, it was I took it as oh, I really did. I really did take it as like he's he's somewhat concerned about him. But with Palpatine, you got to know it's an asset too. Yeah. So I really you know because because again it's this and, and I know it's it's how George tells it and you can always go back and not poke holes but just kind of go but what if but what if what if what if he defeated Obi Wan and Darth Vader spent the entire original trilogy with flowing hair and, and, and oh wait you're Anakin didn't mm-hmm. he kind of he kind of needed him mm-hmm. to be in a mask so yeah so that's a great point like I always love playing it out that way because you know he went into the Jedi temple as as Anakin yeah. Anakin killed all the witnesses I guess you could say so how much you know the Emperor foresees this how much is he like yep this is supposed to happen but he's panicked too Oh, God, I'm starting a lot of questions for myself. Yeah. He's kind of like, oh, there he is. Like, let's go. Anakin's in trouble. He says that. Yeah. Anakin's in trouble. So I think it is kind of like, oh, good. He's still alive. 
Yeah. I did not want to have to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's so, you're opening up such a great uh, uh, point of thought of, is there a world where he would be happy to have Anakin as the face of the one Jedi who didn't betray everybody so he can just kind of publicly be the right. handsome face of the Republic, Ooh, of the yeah. one true hero, the only Jedi allowed? He'd be a great you know? poster child in a way. That's a great. Yeah. That's a great play out of that story. But instead, he goes with, "Well, I'll put him in the kind of classic Sith armor and let him just scare the crap out of the galaxy." Yeah, mm. for yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, how, how do you feel about that tender, tender question mark moment? Touch. I leave a tender moment. Yeah, it's all selfish. I, I see it more <laughs> as like, like a Frankenstein touching his monster. You know, this is his creation, and whether the, he did it with the Midichlorians or not, it, he sees this he sees Anakin as his asset and it's like, okay, well he's still, he's still breathing. I can still work with this. We can make, we can make this work. <laughs> you know? it's, just, it's like, it's like food that's been dropped to the floor, but it's still good. Still good. <laughs> still good. We got it. We got yeah. it. We'll salvage this. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's all selfish. Yeah. I think so too. I love that it's almost tender. So you can imagine, but I feel like everything else that we're being told about this character uh, it is like, yeah, whether or not he created him through the midi chlorians, he still went into a lot of work to manipulate this strong-willed, powerful person. He still exactly. crafted the, the mm-hmm. Anakin slash Vader he wanted. Uh, in that moment, when I was thinking about this and rewatched Empire uh, this week, uh, resonated with me when Vader is talking about testing the carbon freezing chamber on Han and said, uh, I don't want the Emperor's prize damaged yeah. about Luke. Mm-hmm. And that almost seemed like baggage of like, mm-hmm. I, was, I was a damaged prize in this armor. <sighs> and he wants... Luke, this younger, stronger, more perfect like I was before I got hacked and burnt up. Big applause, Steve, because (laughs) what we talk about, the emotional canon of of new canon Star Wars, I think that's something you, you can and has been built upon. Of of we we just kind of saw and grew up with uh, eh, Palpatine and uh, Emperor and Vader on the same team and everything's good. Yeah, yeah they want to kill Luke. Listen to that line now and just hearing you say it now and read the comics and yeah. read the things of of him working behind Palpatine's back and Palpatine working behind his back. Yeah, I'm I'm damaged meat to this guy. Yeah, that's a, that's a big moment. That's a big line. Good yeah. job. Oh, thank you, thank you. Scripshaw wins this round of movie fights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so Sidious seems unstoppable. That's part of his character. But do you think there are moments where we can see his fear, where he fears the Jedi, where he fears Luke, oh. Jennifer? Yeah. I don't think he fears anyone. Mm. I really mm-hmm. don't. I think. Yeah. No, I cannot think of one instance. Maybe concerned? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But not afraid. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the, the, the Anakin's in trouble moment is a little panic. Right. Uh, the Phantom Menace pa- uh, Padme moment, uh, Amidala, whatever you want to call her in that moment. Um, I, there's that flash, McDarmick play. That's why I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that he he could not plan for everything with her because he has this moment of like, huh, huh? Oh, oh yeah, 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 go back to Naboo. So I don't think he fears her, though. I think right. you're right. I think he thinks, I got a lightsaber up my sleeve, literally and figuratively, and I got this. Yeah. And that's part of his problem, but he's also not wrong for a lot of the yeah. things. I, yeah, uh, I, think, I think he is afraid because I think you can't be that kind of evil without it being 
based in fear. Mm. S- similar, uh, like, sort of, similar to Snoke being clearly afraid of Luke. Yeah, Last Jedi is yeah. really explicit of, like, yeah. great, we have everything, but we can't do anything until we take care of this <laughs> one <laughs> older gentleman who might start a new Jedi school. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. the seed of Skywalker has to die. If he's even alive, yeah. people hope, like, yeah, everybody just trembling about him. And I feel like there is just a little seed of that, of maybe even Sidious lies to himself mm. that he is afraid. Uh, uh, there's the just the way he delivers that line uh, right after Anakin turns and he says, "The Jedi are relentless. Like unless we wipe all of them down, they will hunt us forever." Right? Like there is a little bit of like, yeah, is that practical or is that truly afraid, looking over your shoulder? Unless they're all dead, one of them's gonna pop out of somewhere trying to kill me forever. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, in, uh, we watched the Opera House scene this morning uh, where he talks about uh, Plagueis and says uh, about both Plagueis and the Jedi all those who gain power fear to lose it. Mm. So yeah, that's it, it made oh, it that's, uh, okay. made this interesting picture to me of like, he knows this maybe intellectually in his uh, great strategic way of analyzing everybody else, but maybe his overconfidence keeps him from admitting that to himself, that just mm-hmm. like everybody else, he fears to lose his power. That's what it's it, that. And you know, I'll, I'll try to play my one uh, direct reference to Game of Thrones per episode <laughs> card here. Uh, I look at him and I look at Cersei Lannister. Mm. Uh, Cersei, at, at a young age, is given a prophecy by uh, Maggie the Frog of this is that and this is that, and you're going to die. And, and it's obviously a little deeper in the books. Um, and that dominates her entire life. Yeah. And she has a fear of all those things happening. And she might know her end. Um, again, prophecies treat a little different there. Um, Palpatine foresees everything, right? Yeah. Couldn't he have foreseen his own downfall? And he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, he foresees <laughs> that Luke could destroy them if he's being yeah. truthful with Vader. So you have some but he thinks he can take care of it. Yeah, does he take a nap and go, I had a terrible dream. Can't let that happen. <laughs> and so therefore he's afraid of, of what he maybe deep down knows will happen. Yeah. He maybe deep down knows this is going to happen. Uh, he's the devil knowing he's going to get locked away forever or something. And he's like, uh, he, so he has a fear that, like you just said, will never acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he can take care of it. Yeah. Which it goes right. into his defeat in Return of the Jedi. Why do you think he does get defeated? Is Luke right? Is it his overconfidence that that ends him? Mm. Ken? Yeah. I mean, an overall sense for sure. I think in that specific sense of, of, of Vader. Uh, I love it echoed in, in Last Jedi with, with Snoke. Very over the top explaining, you know, Kylo's on my side. I see what he's, ooh. Uh, I think it's similar with Palpatine and in any kind of, kind of situation. It, it, to me, for me, ties back to seven-year-old Anakin who has a heart, a great heart, put there by his wonderful mother. Yeah. And I really think, I don't think, you know, you're not going to get the special, special, special edition where in that moment mm-hmm. Vader says, it's like my mother's Shmee sh- told me. <laughs> it's not that, but it's it's in the DNA of George's storytelling, him building back to his own moment in 83, in 99, um, where I think Palpatine, again, uh, uh, Jedi, uh, when he's like, my son is with him. I, yeah. I haven't seen that. Are you sure, Anakin? Yeah. Sure, Darth? I don't know that. You're you're crazy. Yeah. So there's a part of Anakin's heart that's blocked, that's in there and blocked from Palpatine. And I, mm-hmm. I think Palpatine didn't compensate for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jennifer? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was overconfident and he underestimated the power of love. <laughs> I, yeah, I, know? I totally what? agree. I think overconfidence <laughs> is sort of the, uh, the symptom, but the mm. disease is not understanding 
the power of love. It's it sound it does sound so corny, but it's true. And I, I when I was thinking about it, it's like this is like some good Star Wars big fantasy storytelling poetry of the the Jedi kind of fell because they were blind to the true depth of evil around them. Like mm. they knew it was there, mm-hmm. but they couldn't find it. They weren't taking it seriously enough. Yeah, and then Palpatine falls because he is blind to how overcoming the this power of love between Anakin and Luke is. Yeah, yeah. Nice job, storytelling. <laughs> nice job, Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> exactly. What a spoiler for Return of the Jedi, that song is. Uh, all right, so we just got a couple questions. We've, we've looked a lot back at Sheev and Sidious, but I want to look forward to uh, the rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So um, there has been some concern I've seen bubbling on the internet that Sidious's return might undercut that great victory of Luke and Anakin. So mm-hmm. I want to ask how that sits with you, and how you feel like the storytelling in uh, the rise of Skywalker could address that? It's 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 a concern. I mean, I love this idea. I always, when we'd heard some of the rumors or some some predictions, it's like, okay, I don't know if I hundred percent want that, but I like it. And now that it, the, that cackle, yeah, and the roll it again. Now I'm all on board. But you know, I want to make sure. I, I keep joking that I hope it's not the pops out i'm back and it just seems you know all right for what reason yeah so i think do it's it great. again great to do it again i will make it all right um i don't have the answer yet i don't have the answer i understand it undercutting that final victory but i think there was other things going on if you tap into it the cheating death if, if he succeeded in any of that yeah. It's just a haunting. I, I don't know, and it's okay to not have the answer, I guess, uh, as I work through it. I, yeah, I think uh, a, an answer of I want to wait and see the storytelling is a pretty uh, <laughs> healthy and unfortunately rare thing sometimes. Uh, Jennifer, how do you feel about that idea? Yeah, I agree. I, I do feel like it, it undercuts the victory of Luke and Anakin. And I, and I just don't want him to all of a sudden, like you're saying, can pop out uh, in full human form to me, it would just be like, oh, no. And I also feel like it would take away, I don't want it to take away from the story of where we are. I think mm-hmm. it can add and add some flavor and maybe in a haunting or a, a vision of some sort, you know, when they're going through an area and all of a sudden they feel his presence. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Just don't have him show up mm-hmm. in some weird form, like, yeah. but personified, I guess, like yeah. human form. Oh, I think you should get ready. No. Yeah, yeah, there's no there's no, no way that they oh. lead with Ian McDermott if it's just a, a voice in a spectral form. I I, like I don't a, think that's my opinion. Like a ghost-like form. Me, me. I I, I I'm think I'm okay with that. I think Palpatine's going to be walking and talking. Oh uh, my gosh. I don't think they would have highlighted Ian McDermott and, and had those uh, post-panel interviews talking about how he's back and how mm. McDermott is so excited. If mm. it's a voiceover with some CGI, I don't think that. But I could be—I uh, could absolutely be wrong. I will not let overconfidence be my weakness here today. <laughs> uh, then nobody can die. Like it's, you know what I mean. Which yeah. is something I, I definitely—I I understand that problem because I, I don't like, like that, that. And other things yeah. either. Yeah. Well, I here here's—I think this is a what versus how type of mm. thing of like the what will will for me be fine depending on how it's told. Okay. Mm. And I feel like. There's nothing taking away Luke and Anakin's victory of giving the galaxy 30 years of relative peace and harmony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Luke explicitly says, like, for many years there was balance. Right. Um, I feel like if the story is told where 
Palpatine never really died, and he's been manipulating things behind the scenes and pulling strings and whispering to Snoke, blah, 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 and made Ray or what any of that, that might bug me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it truly is, hey, I died, my evil essence is locked in the Death Star, I've just been dead and mildly creepy to anybody who walks by this wreckage, mm-hmm. and that's the extent of my influence. And then something happens to make me return. Mm-hmm. Then to me, it he is symbolizing this truth of the real world and this truth of Star Wars that uh, evil has to be fought again and again. Mm-hmm. That n- that no one has ever really gone is both a good and a bad thing, in a mm-hmm. in a real thing. And that's it, to me, that's about like it's about balance and it's about the sequel trilogy being like you have to learn to fight these fights and just personifying that in the Emperor. And that's all to me of the how. It's if he just right. plain up returns and they're like, well. We have to deal with this. And then it's, it's a generational story where Luke and Anakin won for that generation. Mm-hmm. Ray and Ben and all our other friends have to win for right. this generation. Yeah, yeah, and Jen, you're, I'm sure you were not alone, and I'm not even, uh, I'm not even, uh, you know, completely. I'm still hanging around at your table here, because <laughs> um, especially like I, I, the mall, mall coming back. I was like, oh, right, right. and it took me a while, uh-huh. um, and I think that's okay. But yeah. Um, the Voldemort thing, it's been said before other places, and we I think maybe we've talked about the Voldemort coming back some slowly. Ooh, Palpatine baby. Palpatine yeah. baby, you know, <laughs> something about that. The Force, does the Force choose? We always talk about, is, yeah. is the Force only concerned about the light side winning? Maybe, I don't know, what's the balance? Um, and uh, I, I still think it needs to, or I'd want it, uh, want it all to come down to Ray and Kylo. Yeah. And uh, that something Palpatine has something to do with that. And then the, the rise of Skywalker, that really works for me, tying back to Palpatine in some way, whether he's dancing around or just a holocron, of, <laughs> of, of I killed Anakin, you know, you, Ben, kind of sort of killed Luke. He's gone. He died. Uh, and now we need to wrap this all up and complete, uh, you know, let me finish what you started, grandfather, in a weird way. It all kind of starts to tie together. But again, I've been sitting here hanging out for 30 years with a milkshake waiting for you to come back, you know, might be if it's done wrong. Yeah. I understand there could be some issues. Yeah. I just want to, okay, I'll mm. only accept it if he walks out of the shadows mm. and he's wearing his own form of exquisite pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> and he has these dress shoes that go click, clack, click, clack. And he extends his arms. Hello. Yeah. Like, I want it to be a grand yeah. entrance. I, I'll accept that. I think you will get a, a grand entrance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a few more questions. Uh, I know sure. we're going a little bit long, but I, I love she. Uh, what do you want his motivations to be like or his goals mm. in the rise of Skywalker? Uh, oh, I'll just throw this out here for mm-hmm. to, for myself. Of I I do want it to be about uh, uh, Ray and Ben and all of our other friends. So mm-hmm. I do think that it has to be just about stopping him. We mm-hmm. can't be too much on his perspective. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just feel like that's why I like this idea of like, well, he pops up. He was resurrected in some way, and of course, what he would want is just everything back. Yeah, mm-hmm. that he's just like, oh, is the galaxy okay? No, it's mine. I'm going to take it back, so mm-hmm. that we don't have to spend a lot of time on his perspective mm-hmm. so that it is the perspective continues to be the, the heroes of the sequel trilogy yeah i like i, I like it everything's going back to zero and we got to kind of stop that i don't think that's literal but just this like yeah. it's coming back and and he still wants the power you know yeah. he still wants that power and i know there's other jedi we talked about that force collector book or other force sensitive people but if if ray is the last jedi then it's like all right we wipe this one out we're done we're, we're good done. We're yeah good. we're good we're good um, no one else could pass on what's been learned. She's got the books. Burn the books. Burn her. 
Everyone else will just feel like they got a weird lightheaded uh, feeling and they don't know what it is. they don't know what, they have no guidance. Yeah, that's really great in terms of a thousand generations live live in you and Mm -hmm. Luke being being able to pass into the force with peace and purpose because Rey is taking up the mantle and now she is going to be the target. That's that's a great Mm -hmm. literalization of his, I want more power and you need to be out of the way in order for that to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I. I guess I want it to be connected to to Kylo Ren, and I want it to be like he's helping him, or he comes because Kylo Ren is becoming so powerful that now suddenly all these dark side forces and energies are now resurrecting. Like the yeah, well, uh, whoa, almost did a Game of Thrones spoiler. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But then, then I worry, like, well, okay, if he's showing up, well, then who else is going to show up, and who else do they have to defeat? I really want the big bad focus to be on Kylo Ren. I don't want the, I don't want Sidious to take away from that. Yeah. I want him to enhance and, it. And yeah. I'm also interested in, in, in Kylo and the Knights of Ren, you know, Snoke, not Sith. Right. So him kind of going, all right, you, you could try to bring back the Jedi. I got to bring back the Sith. If that's part of Kylo's motivation uh-huh. uh, anyway, I don't know. I don't know if I need that, but it it's, could be part of it. Yeah. I, I think maybe that the possibility is that finish what you started when Kylo says it in The Force Awakens is, I'm going to take over the, the whole entire galaxy and everything. I'm going to finish what you started, uh, Vader grandfather, yeah. mm-hmm. and maybe it'll come around to, oh, what I really meant in my heart of hearts is I'll finish what you started, Anakin, chosen one, right. and, I'll, and Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, oh, I think you think back to Return of the Jedi. We talked all about how we love that meaty scene of uh, the Emperor there. And then storytelling-wise... He his motivation is very simple, and he is the the uh, antagonist that's just highlighting the protagonist of of Luke and Vader. Mm-hmm. And I think right. we could get a juicy amount of the Emperor, and if his motivation is simple, it's still just highlighting Rey and Kylo, right? Possibly. Okay. Uh, all right, two two more questions. Do you want to see Palpatine at all, or just Sidious? So we talked about a little bit of the the mm. divide. So. Palpatine is a sly, manipulative villain whispering in people's ears. Mm, mm. Or do you just want to see raging dark side powerhouse of Sidious? I think I want it to be Sidious, but maybe some references or understanding that it's that it is Palpatine. But the fact that Skywalker says Sidious in, in Last Jedi yeah. carries some weight for me. Uh, I think you would mention back in the reviews uh, or, or discussion after Joseph that. It means it's been accepted in some circles. Yeah, and that that's his true yeah. face. That's who he always was. That's the name Luke is going to use. And it would make more sense that Sidious is back. Yeah. I know we're saying Palpatine is Palpatine just easier, Amber, yeah. one and the same, but that Sidious in story is back. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be, uh, for me, it's got to be Sidious. Uh, but but the, uh, there's, this is where I go. Visually, how are they going to do it so it doesn't look silly for the modern age? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How are they going to make it look Good and mm. not like cheesy. Yeah, I don't know. Keep them in the shadows. <laughs> Just keep them in the shadows. <laughs> yeah, I I expect that because of the nature of who this character is, we're gonna get a little bit of whispering in somebody's ear. Oh, so yeah. like I met if it is a, a hey, his spirit is hanging out somewhere. I like a little bit of manipulative whispering in somebody's ear. Maybe Ben Kylo's, and then once he gets uh, back into human form, which I I think he will, is my mm-hmm. opinion. Then it's just raging powerhouse doing all sorts of unnatural, bizarre, evil dark side powers we've never seen before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You really get to see him with his true, totally on mass face. I'm not trying to take over the government. I'm just killing anything and anyone near me. Yeah, would be really a, a, a fun 
<laughs> It'll fun. be fun. Yeah, fun. Uh, total a fun evolution of yeah. this character where you get to see totally, totally unmasked. Yeah. Uh, that'd be like cool. That. All right. My final question is how much Sidious is enough? And I will, <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, throw it out this way that there's a history of this in star Wars that there's already been discussion online of like, Oh, is he just going to be in it for a few minutes? Like that classic, what is mm-hmm. it? Vader's screen time in a new hope is something like 13 it's, it's minutes. Like 12 or so. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I've heard as high as eight, uh, 17 and low as eight. And I think I, I reached It's like 12, 30, I think it's around 12, 13. <laughs> I looked it up on the internet and people were arguing about it. So that's going to be good enough for me yes. without personally going and counting. <laughs> the point is Vader has a, he casts a huge shadow in a new hope and he's only in it for a small amount of minutes compared to the runtime. Yeah. For me, I think that's that's what we're looking at for Sidious. Yeah. I don't think he's going to... The idea of him might dominate the movie. Yeah. But I think he's not going to be on screen a ton. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed on that wholeheartedly. Five yeah. date minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time it <Yeah. laughs> Jennifer, I'll give you the closing word. How yeah. much Sidious is enough Sidious for you? Yeah, five to eight minutes is good. But <laughs> but like if they talk about him, yeah. you know, without showing sure, him, yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. I think given that we saw the that Death Star wreckage in the teaser trailer, mm. to me that says that's not from the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I think mm. the threat of Sidious is going to be the MacGuffin. Yeah. So I think yeah. he, he will be present. And then, like Jennifer says, the good subtitle for The Rise of Skywalker, five to eight minutes of Sidious <laughs> is fine. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Love yeah. that. All right. We went from Sheev to Sidious and back again. We did. We did, Bilbo. We did. <laughs> Great stuff. And seriously, we could just do an entire episode doing our uh, Palpatine quotes, yeah. insidious quotes. Uh, if you out there have a thought about Palpatine, what do you think about him coming back? Uh, any more questions? Your favorite quotes in moments? We do want to hear about it. Hashtag Force Center will tell you where to find us at the end of the show. We got audience questions, as we always do. I'd like to take a couple from uh, Facebook or Twitter and a couple from Patreon. We got this one from Kyle Gilmore. Hello there. Long time, first time here. Love that. Love the new name uh, popping up in the chat here. How likely is it we get a Darth Plagueis mention in the Rise of Skywalker? I would love it. Love you guys. Love the show. Thanks. May the Force be with you always. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's the sub-sub-subtitle. Yeah. <laughs> get a cool reference. Yeah. What do you think? I, I'm real 50-50 on this. I think it, if it makes sense in the context for Palpatine to, you know, go on about mm-hmm. the ancient master or maybe his master, great. But I can also see it not being relevant i don't yeah. think it's gonna be dropped in there to be dropped in there put it that way yeah yeah get yeah i don't again like we always abrams and terrio aren't reading all the books and comics so yeah. i don't think they'll have it just to be like wikipedia <laughs> you know. yeah i could see it an instance where like uh, terrio and abrams have have an idea mm. and then that's when the story group could come in oh you know you could maybe insert plague is here yeah because that, that fits with what you're going for, Insert the vibe you're going Plague for. Yes, here. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. Abrams will be like, nah, I created a new guy. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Write some books about it. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's it's likely. It's likely if, it, if it's tied into anything. Um, it'd be cool. I don't necessarily need it. Again, uh, I don't need Palpatine to pull down a, a PowerPoint presentation of how he got here. <laughs> um, but I know a lot of you are Darth Plagueis fans, and it'd be cool to hear. Matthew Craven writes this. Hey, Force Center, I look forward to your weekly pods every week down here in Australia. Thank you, Matthew. You guys provide some great thoughts, uh, some I've never considered, so thank you. My question for you guys is, what is the best family Star Wars moment, either in the movies or in real life, that each of you have experienced? Mine is my wife getting me and our kids custom-made tops that stayed 
I am your father, I'm your daughter, and I'm your son. Getting those in here, my daughter say Darth Vader are the best. She says it uh, every time, every, 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 uh, she says it every when she hears the iconic breathing. Every time she hears it. Also, do you think there will be a new family moments made in the rise of Skywalker? Thanks again. And keep up the good work. Cheers, Matt. Mm. All right. Juicy Gen- stuff. Gen- yeah, yeah, sorry, I stumbled yeah. there. Uh, Jennifer, I'll start with you. It's a, it's a- uh, let's see. So th- will there be any new family moments in the rise of Skywalker? I think that either it's going to be found family moments mm-hmm. uh, for Ray and Finn and, and the gang, or it might actually be a, f- a real family moment for <laughs> Ray. With Carrie Russell as her sister. Just going to keep putting that <laughs> out there. This. I'm going to keep oh, putting it out there. <laughs> Wishful thinking. You will make it happen through the power of the force. And do you have any family moment uh, of your own that resonates with you when you think about uh, Star Wars in real life? Yeah, my daughter, when she was, I think she was one, and uh, she would imitate Jabba's laugh whenever she would see him <laughs> in, her, in her little book. I have it on video. It's so cute. Aww. Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. That made me right. proud mama. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with you i think that the idea of family and in particular found family is kind of one of those inevitable ideas that the sequel trilogy is is uh, building to and i think that will be a, a central theme in the rise of skywalker uh, i have so many great family moments so I'll, I'll just share the most recent one uh on sunday uh, revenge of the fifth mm-hmm. um I, my wife is out and about and she knew I was working on a kind of stressful writing project that like kind of had to be done by the time she got home. Right. Uh, and she came home with a uh, Bespin Han action figure that she found at Target kind of <laughs> knowing that like, Aww. you know, if you did it, if you finished... <laughs> <laughs> Here's a nice reward. She wouldn't yeah. have withheld it uh, because <laughs> Hold it she had faith in me that I would finish it. But it was nice. One of those moments where like, okay, well, oh, she great. had faith that I would finish. I did finish. And here's this, you know, beautiful Bespin Han the day after we watched Empire. You know, so it was a nice family moment. That's great. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm trying to think. Uh, it doesn't mean I don't have them. Uh, I just remember watching them as, as a kid. I remember my, my sister was about four years younger than me, so she'd be, she'd be about three uh, in Return of the Jedi, having to be removed from the theater <laughs> by my mother <laughs> because when Yoda died, she just kept yelling, Yodio, Yodio died, Yodio oh. died. And, uh, sweet. Uh, so I remember that as a, as a family taken. And it's just me peppering my mom and dad with questions knowing now that they were like, I, we don't, I don't know. How, how would anyone know I don't that, know. Yeah. I just remember in a grocery store, just asking, like, how, how, okay, but how is, uh, uh, is uh, Darth, Darth Vader, his, his dad, how is the dad, how is he dad? Uh, just, you know, uh, I was a, not a bright kid. Um, but uh, I, um, I love that stuff. Also, I noticed, I, I read it wrong, Matthew, his daughter says Darth Vlader. Love that. <laughs> Sorry, Matthew. Yeah. So, yeah, and then uh, the found family, the community, I mean, Star Wars Celebration, what a big family we all discovered there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Patreon. We got a couple questions here. Anne H. writes, I often listen to Force Center dur- during my commute. Uh, if you had to pick one Star Wars character to carpool with and one character to work for, who would you pick and why? All right. Travel, mm. employment, Jen, who are you hitting the road with? I don't like taking Ubers and Lyfts because I don't like people talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to have Finn be the person that I carpool with because oh. every, I'm not a morning person. He would be always positive. He'd get in the car and be like, hey, how's it going? Whatever. He'd be funny. But I also know he's a good listener. So if mm-hmm. I was you know, upset about something, I could chat with him about it and he'd give me good advice. So he would be in my carpool. Carpool. Who'd you work for? Oh, God. 
<laughs> Judging from previous jobs, the emperor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, Han Solo would be f- kind of fun to work for. Wow. I've worked with with a lot of people like him, so I know how to how to mm-hmm. deal with that personality. And we know from his little speech to Ray in The Force Awakens what kind of boss he'd be. Yeah. <laughs> kind of gruff. I won't. Be, right. I can't promise to be nice. Yeah, but like I. He, but it would mean a lot. Like if, if he appreciated yeah. something that I did, it'd be like, wow, that's a big compliment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Oh, that's a good one. That's yeah. very good. Uh, Joseph, on the road, who are you working for? Yeah, I think on the road, I got to go with Obi-Wan. You know, I just, I love that character. I think he's a great conversationalist. Uh, he would uh, have fun mm-hmm. moments in things he wants to try. You drive by a bar and go, let's try that. And other times he'd just be grumpy. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, road trip, I want somebody that I can be grumpy with where he can both just... You know, I want Obi-Wan to swear at the car that's breaking too much in front of us for me. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> uh, and working for? Working for, I this just popped yeah. into my head. It's outside of the box, uh, but it's a character I like from Last Jedi, uh, Larma Daisy. Mm. Oh, yeah, she'd be good. Yeah, because I like clear communicators, and she is just a monster of exposition in Last Jedi. Yeah. Just say, like, let me lay out exactly what's going on and why we need to do the things we need to do. Yeah, I like that answer. That's a great outside yeah. the box answer there. On the road with, you know, you're always answering good things because good reasons there. Uh, I like the idea of Poe Dameron. Not only is he good and get you there safe, good pilot, but he seems like the kind of guy that, you know, where Obi-Wan knows the galaxy, Poe knows it too, but can get himself, he's charming, everyone's going to like yeah. him. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like traveling with Josh McCuga because he's just, you know, he'll get you into trouble, but also get you out of it because everyone <laughs> just ends up liking him. Um, uh, but R two's not a bad one too. Ooh, that's pretty great. Oh, I don't good. know if he's it's the best conversation, but um, he's going to get you out of trouble too. Absolutely. As far as working for it, you know what I'll say? I, I, I will say uh, Leia. Yeah. Oh yeah. Leia seems oh, good. Yeah. Seems good. Yeah. Demanding gets the best out of you, but she's going to stay there with you. She's going to fight along your side. And uh, I'll support that. Yeah, absolutely. And great question. Final one from the day comes from Randall Collier. Uh, He writes, I've always felt like a great way to expand the Star Wars universe would be to move towards making more genre-specific films. If you could pick a genre-specific, a specific genre for the next Star Wars film, what would it be? I personally would love to see either a horror movie, a detective film with Kenobi being Holmes and Dexter Chester being (laughs) Watson. You got go picture there for me, Randall. Uh, Joseph, what do you got here? Yeah, I think uh, that had been the kind of great hope of the standalone movies, and I think that great hope is moving into the Disney Plus streaming shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Mandalorian uh, panel, they couldn't say Western enough. I don't know if Western's (laughs) going to be an influence or if it's just it is going to be a Western (laughs) uh, genre-wise. I really think that the Cassian Andor movie is going to be a spy thriller, Mm -hmm. uh, given that uh, that's what Cassian is, that's what makes him unique, and it's uh, a writer from The Americans, a great spy show. Um, For what I'd love to see... I wonder if it's possible if uh, either Ryan Johnson or Dan and Dave or somebody else does do a big movie arc Mm. of Old Republic, if those are a little bit more war pictures where we're always centered in the war. Mm -hmm. Obviously, both original and prequel and sequel trilogy are all about wars, but sometimes the war itself is a little in the background. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if if that could be a, a big budget uh, main Star Wars thing that leans into genre. I like that. I'll, we've talked about it a lot. I'd love to see horror. Mm. Love to see some sort of survival horror Jedi thing. I'd love to see a mm. Jedi action movie. John Wick is a Jedi. Ah, buddy. Wow. Oh, yeah. Buddy road trip uh, yeah. with any scoundrel characters or fun characters. You know, Poe Dameron. That's, uh, yeah. that's a good one. I like the uh, 
the John Wick yeah. Jedi. John Wick Jedi would be great fun, just yeah. a hunted Jedi. Yeah, mm. Jennifer. Yeah, I uh, definitely am done with the westerns. Uh, <laughs> Han Solo also had that too. I mean, yeah. Solo. Solo. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so I would love to see spy thriller, Cassian Andor mm. for sure, horror, Death Troopers, which I always talk about. Yeah. That would be great. Um, I really want something for the kids. So something genre related. I we've been getting into She-Ra in our household, okay. which has kind of got like an anime style. Yeah. Which is kind of similar to Rebels, I know. Uh, but like really just really hit the anime style even more. So something with a female Jedi character okay. at the center, like She-Ra. <laughs> oh, that would be, yeah, that that would be great. Yeah. yeah I want a She-Ra. Yeah. To Star Wars. Uh, yeah, and yeah, someone who grew up watching She-Ra too. Um, it was just part of the continued He-Man story. Um Westerns, I love Westerns, but yeah, we got a great one in Solo and looks like we're getting one in Mandalorian, as we as, as you pointed out. Uh, uh, have you heard? It's a Western. Um, <laughs> horror, I'm so afraid of, but I understand the appeal there. Those Ewoks chasing me on uh, on Battlefront 2 are horror enough. I, I think I am most looking forward to casting Endor with the hopes that it is a, a, a spy film. Not quite spy series not quite full-on bond and all that kind of stuff but uh, you know americans we talked about obviously the one showrunners being there uh, that just that makes a lot of sense yeah i think a lot more like just like espionage and and that feeling of divided loyalty and you know Uh what i can never be my true self to anyone and what bridge am i willing to cross like yeah i don't think it's going to be gadgets and he's going to be fighting a a gold-plated bad well he might literally fight a gold-plated bad guy anyway yeah yeah, that's true (laughs) cassie and i've got your New car here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not going to get that. Yeah, yeah it's not K2SO, not Q2SO. Q2. Yeah. <laughs> hey. There you go. Thank you, Randall. Great question to close it out there. And, Joseph, we got the Power of the Light Side segment this week. That is right. Uh, we uh, send out these requests on Patreon uh, to uh, uh, patrons at certain levels to just share some positive thing that they love about Star Wars. Uh, this week we have one from Jamie Molman. Jamie says... I've been having a hard time answering this question because I find that while I appreciate those who can speak eloquently about their love of Star Wars, I cannot. I'll just say that if I have to narrow what I love about Star Wars down to one word, maybe it would be passion. Watching these films has brought out the hatred, love, red-faced, infuriated, bawling, bewildered, delighted, intrigued, or inspired side of all the people it touches. All great art inspires a passionate response and I see and experience this response to Star Wars every day, and it's great having something to get passionate about with others. Mm. I think that's Beautiful a really, sound. really great. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that. It's it's what Star Wars where it is right now, and these passions. Yep, they can overflow and boil over sometimes, and I'm okay with that. I I'm really okay with storytelling making you uncomfortable from time to time. It also should reward you and and, and pat you on the back too from yeah, time to time. Absolutely, um, it's all part of it. But yeah, Star Wars. It's a great way to look at uh, fandom. And now in a positive way, yeah. full mm-hmm. of passion. And I think yeah. uh, I think Jamie said that eloquently. And you know, passion can be many things. And I love. I don't feel like we all have to agree about things, mm-hmm. but I love just passionate discussion because we're all excited about it. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's good to have that there, Jamie. Thank you for the power of the light side. Uh, that's tied to our Patreon page. We'll tell you about that in just a second. We are on our way out of here. We could have talked about Sidious a lot longer, but if you want to continue the conversation, do so on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page can be liked. That is Force Center Podcast on Facebook. Website is ForceCenterPod.Podomatic.Net. We have merch at tpublic.com/user/forcecenter. We're on Instagram as well. The podcast is available in a lot of places, including our home, Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple 
Podcasts and Spotify. We're on YouTube. The Animated Data Bank Brawl by Brian Ward is still up there. Check it out if you haven't yet. And like I mentioned, Joseph, patreon.com slash force center. Goals, rewards, trading cards. There's a lot there. Yeah, there's so much going on there. If you're interested, go check it out and read through it. Uh, we are recording our commentary for A New Hope very soon, which was made possible by Patreon. And uh, I want to shout out a little bit more often on the podcast that uh, joining Patreon gets us you access to our Discord, where there is good, healthy, passionate discussion yeah. of Star Wars. So check that out. Uh, Patreon.com slash Force Center. Absolutely. We have a lot of stuff going on. You can go to KenNapsack.com to find out all of my adventures, pre-order the book, and uh, all the podcasts I do too many. They're all there in one <laughs> nice little home now that I've been working on. And Jennifer. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, and Facebook at Jennifer Landa. I've been posting some of my old uh, Star Wars videos. Um, of course, YouTube.com slash Jennifer Landa is where all the Star Wars videos live for forever. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, add, I, have, I have like all my individual, like you can go to my website and click and go to Force Center. I'm just going to have to make a shows page because I yeah. just got too much. Joseph, you, you don't have a, you know, you're just calm. You got no writing deadlines or anything, right? How's, how's it going in your life? It's all fine. Uh, if you want to see me uh, tweet uh, stressful things about my life, you can go to Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm at Joseph Scrimshaw. They're stressful and fun things. And then uh, my website, josephscrimshaw.com, has links to all the other stuff I do, comedy albums, other podcasts. Like I said, if you're interested, check out the latest episode of Obsessed is all about uh, my wife's journey as a Star Wars fan. Absolutely. Check it out if you haven't. Thanks for listening to us. We appreciate it. Even if Palpatine is back and evil still needs to be defeated, we're here for you. That was Force Center. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.